0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today is a Q&A episode. Um, so I have three questions I'm gonna go over. Now, before I dive into those, here's just some ways you can support the podcast. First, um, leave a rating and review for the podcast. I know you can do it on Apple. I'm not sure if you can review on Spotify or rate. I think you can give it a star, I'm not sure. But uh, if you listen on Apple, if you could, um, that would be super helpful. So more people can find this podcast. I have my email list where I just send out Uh, current content, uh, content for the week. So that way you don't miss anything. And then any other offers or specials that I may have at any point will be on there. And then lastly, my one-on-one coaching. Uh, If you're somebody that is looking for body transformation, or you're just looking to take your training nutrition to the next level, it's for you. Uh, If you want more information, uh, the link is in the show notes and you can find out more information there. Also, if you have any questions on it, you can always reach out on Instagram, which speaking of follow me on Instagram as well. Jeff H 91 underscore. All right. So let's dive into the question. So, uh, these are, so again, if you follow me on Instagram, these are questions I get weekly. I do two to three Q and a's a week. And then, you know, if you follow me, you can just enter, enter in the questions and I'll, I'll take, you know, the ones that I like the most for the week. And, and, um, do this Q&A. So first question I got is how to keep good insulin sensitivity during a bulk. Again, with bulk, we can call it a building phase, massing phase, whatever you want to call it. So insulin sensitivity is just basically how receptive your body is to insulin, right? So when you're insulin resistant, you can just think of this as like your body's just not going to utilize the nutrients you give it as well. So this is where you'll just kind of see things just seem to be a a little bit tougher. So good insulin sensitivity, again, is just going to allow your body to just utilize the nutrients you give it uh, much better. Um, So yeah, so we want to make sure that we are relatively insulin sensitive uh, throughout this process. And so when you're trying to gain weight here's some things you want to look at, because again, if you're, if if your insulin sensitivity is poor, you're, you're, this is likely going to show up as like, you're going to start to see like for any amount of weight you gain, you're going to see more uh, fat gain versus muscle, right? Uh, So, so when you, so when insulin is, is poor, that's where you'll, you'll start to see that. And this is where, you know, a lot of times building phases fail is because uh, of that, right? The people's methods are off and they end up, gaining more body fat than they want. So we want to make sure that we're our body sensitive to, uh, to insulin. And again, that will make things easier. And this is going to partition a little bit more of that weight gain to, to muscle versus, versus body fat. So some things that we can do to maintain good insulin sensitivity during a building phase. And also with this too, like, you know, the longer you're, which let me, let me dive into this. Let me, let me cut, cut back. So, all right. So ways that we can, we can keep insulin sensitive our insulin sensitivity high during a building phase, maintain a moderate to high level of physical activity. So, you know, anywhere from like eight to 10 K plus is going to be solid. You don't have to hit eight to 10 K, but making sure you keep your physical uh, activity levels up is going to be super helpful here. I've fallen into the trap in the past where I would be like, Hey, I'm going to build. So now I'm just, you know, I'm trying to gain weight. So I'm not going to do any, uh like cardio or steps or anything like that. You know, I was looking back at my, my previous building phase from this one. And one of the big things I did was I would, I let steps fall to probably like three to 5,000 a day. Okay. Um, And and again, I think that just comes down to, I, you know, I was always under the impression that, you know, anything outside of building muscle is not going to be good. We just got to rest and recover and not do anything, but, you know, in turn by keeping your, by letting your physical activity levels drop, you're going to, you know, increase insulin resistance and decrease insulin sensitivity. So uh, we want to make sure we're, we're staying active throughout this uh, process when you're trying to build muscle. Next, you want to lift weights. You know, again, building muscle and weight training is just going to keep your body insulin sensitive. Uh, so we want to make sure that we are um, lifting weights in this process. And obviously we need to do that in order to build muscle. If you're, if you're, In a building phase and you're not lifting weights and you're gaining weight, you can assume that most of that is going to be body fat. Now, if you're doing some like running or other type of situation, maybe you'll gain a little bit of muscle, but it's going to be very small and not noticeable. And don't take that as like, oh, okay, I'll run and gain some like, no, that's not, that's not what you want to do there. So make sure you're lifting weights. Don't gain weight too quickly. Okay. So if you're going to gain weight, like super quickly, again, more of that weight that you're going to gain is going to be muscle versus instead of body fat. Or sorry, if you're gonna gain weight quickly, more of that weight is gonna be fat versus muscle. So we wanna make sure that we're not gaining too quickly. You know, a good rule of thumb is about a quarter to a half percent of your body weight per week. Um anything more, you're probably gonna to start to get onto that side of, Hey, you're gaining too quickly, anything less. And, you know, I think you can, uh, you know, if you guys have listened to many of my podcasts before, I think there's situations where you can get away with a little bit less of a surplus, uh, depending on where you're at and your, your training career and and whatnot. Uh, but you know, anything North of that, that's where you're going to start to run into, okay, now we're probably, we're probably gaining weight too quickly. And we're going to see that insulin sensitivity go down, um, at that point, good sleep, make sure you're getting good sleep. You know, this is one that, you know, people are going to they're going to shrug off, but sleep has plays such an important role in this process. And uh, again, we know that if you get poor sleep, like that is going to hurt your insulin sensitivity if sleep is poor. So we want to make sure that sleep is good, you know, anywhere from six to eight hours. Like for me, I think seven hours is like kind of my sweet spot. Once I And I'm not like, I think everyone's like, oh, I can get away with less sleep. But, you know, most people need to get a a good amount of, most people need to get six, eight hours. You're you're probably not that person that can get less than that. If you can, you're lucky as hell. Uh, But I think six, eight hours, um, again, there's things that we can do to improve our sleep hygiene. I think a lot of times people just think of sleep as like, oh, hey, all right, I'm going to bed. I'm waking up that sleep. But, you know, sleep, we have to think of sleep on this, like, kind of 24 hour cycle, you know, getting outside early in the day to get some sunlight is going to be helpful. Cutting off caffeine intake early in the day is going to be helpful. And then just practicing good hygiene around sleep hygiene around the time that you sleep, Uh, you know, limiting blue light exposure, not doing something like super stressful right before sleep, getting consistent routine down in terms of when you go to bed, when you get up, Again, it doesn't have to be down to the minute, but you you don't want to let that fall too far out of whack. So sleep is going to be super important to to keep insulin sensitive, to keep yourself insulin sensitive during a a building phase. And then we want to make sure we manage our stress and stress isn't just like, oh, hey, I feel stress, That's stress, that is part of it, right? We do want to make sure we manage that. And again, you can't do anything about things happening to you, but how you manage it is going to be key. If you let one thing bother you and then you let that bleed into everything else you do throughout the day, that's where it starts to uh that's where you start to hurt yourself there right but also managing stress can also be like managing your training load right uh training is a stressor on the body so if you're uh training a ton and not recovering enough like that's going to add stress um to your uh, to your body also circadian uh stress is uh, circadian rhythm uh, you know if if your circadian rhythm is off like that's going to add some stress so what does that look like that's again like if you're eating like really large meals like late at night um if you're, you know, changing when you sleep, like the, that, so if you work overnights, like those are going to be things that can uh, affect like your circadian rhythm and, and that can be a stressor on the body as well too. So we want to make sure we manage our stress and this isn't just, Hey, I feel stress. It's also, you know, managing, um, uh, your training load. Um, and, and again, making sure that we're, you know, not eating like in the middle of the night or we're not changing our sleep patterns a ton from, from week to weeks. So, but so again, that uh, from day to day. So again, that goes back to the, the sleep aspect. And then the last little tip here is take a break from gaining weight at some point, you know, whether that's a mini cut or a conventional cut. Now, when I say that people are like, Oh, well, I thought we don't want to do that. Now, if you have to do this every like 12 to 16 weeks or less, you're gaining weight too quickly and or you're just overusing the cutting and and mini cutting, right? Because there is some momentum. I just got off a podcast with Steve Hall and we talked about momentum for building muscle like probably 15 times in an hour span. So like it is super important to make sure you keep that momentum rolling. And if you're always mini cutting or cutting, you're going to take away from that um, momentum there. And and where people get themselves into trouble is they gain too quickly and then they need a mini cut way too soon. Uh, If you're doing that, you're probably gaining way too quickly, which again is going to go against one of the things I had already talked about in this uh, segment. So if if you're having to gain within 12 to six, or if you're having to like take a cut every, like in a short amount of time, you're just gaining way too quickly in between and you have to dial that back. But you know, we don't want to go years, months, like we don't want to go years on end without Getting into like a deficit at some point, because it, at that point, you know, the more weight you gain, the, the, your insulin sensitivity is going to trend down uh with that over time. Uh, it's not like you gain five pounds and all of a sudden it's, it's gone. It's like, again, if you can, if you, you gain it slowly, um, and whatnot, you're going to be in a good position there. And also like, you know, managing your stress, getting good sleep, lifting weights, maintaining a moderate level of physical activity. You're going to be, you're going to be fine there. It's just when you go super quick, and then you also are not getting good sleep. That's where you're going to start to see this run into trouble. And also, uh, I'm not sure if anyone follows him, but Dr. Peter Fitchin, I've had him on the podcast a couple of times. He kind of messaged me on this uh, question that I put. And he said, you know, this is probably the, the biggest thing that he sees with, with men in terms of building muscles. Like they just gain too quickly. And then they feel like they need to do a mini cut. And we kind of talked about it. We went back and forth on this and it was, you know, we came to the conclusion that you probably are not really gaining any muscle. And he, he made the statement that you know you could potentially be losing muscle if you go at it, go at it this way where you gain a bunch of weight and then you do a cut in a short amount of time um because the because of your methods that you're using to again you you're, you're gaining a bunch of weight quickly so you're probably adding a lot of muscle mass and then when you cut really quickly like that you also could be potentially be losing muscle in that process so as a net is it when you Zoom out and, and everything is said and done, you end up gaining more body fat and you have less muscle, right? So really be careful with that. Um, so hopefully that was uh, helpful there on that question. So let's go to the next one. How relevant is carbohydrate timing for body comp? And and the person that asked this, excluded peri workout. So peri workout being like around your workouts. And basically what they were trying to get at is like, can you like is eating later at night? Kind of bad for suboptimal for body composition. So, for building, so I want to make this point clear. So, for building muscle or losing body fat, which is body comp related, total daily carbohydrate intake is most important by a long shot. So, that has to be priority number one. If you're eating in an excess of carbohydrates, which in turn leads to an excess of calories for the day, it doesn't matter when you eat those, like that's going to be stored as body fat over time. Again, if we're trying to build muscle and you're doing those things I talked about earlier, maybe some of that is muscle so total daily carbohydrate intake is is most important um what i will say on here too is like you know in terms of like timing around your workouts like it, it probably is going to help your workouts and i know that wasn't the point of this question i'm going to get to my like main answer here uh you know putting more of your car- carbohydrates around your workout is going to probably be, b- be better um but again you because of the like if you're trying to add some muscle and lose body fat the type of training that you're going to be doing for that you don't necessarily need to like the as long as you hit your carbohydrate intake for the day your glycogen stores would be good to go you don't have to like oh hey you have this window where if you don't get it in right after your workout you're going to be screwed and um you know all of a sudden now it's going to negatively impact your workout right so long as you again hit that number throughout the day that's most important there um now i would say where carbohydrate hydrate timing is more is super important is when you have like two workouts in one day. Um, that's where you would need to make sure that you're getting some carbohydrates in between those workouts. Other than that, you know, you should be good to go. Now I would say the biggest thing here with this is really try to avoid biasing most of your carbohydrates like late at night and, or right before bed. And this isn't like all of a sudden it's just going to store his body fat. The biggest thing is we don't want it to negatively impact sleep. I personally, and I've heard from clients as well, where it's like, if they do have the larger meal, like before bed, they wake up in the middle of the night kind of hot. And again, it makes sense. Like your body's kind of absorbing and digesting food when you should be sleeping, it should be resting, right? It should be in that relaxation state, but your, your gut is, is not. And so, you know, that's going to increase your energy expenditure. It's going to make you a little bit hotter. And, you know, one of the things we can do for sleep is make sure we're in a cooler environment and that's going to warm things up. So you're, so it's going to negatively impact sleep it negatively impact sleep. You know, then we go back to the insulin sensitivity thing that we talked about earlier. That's off. You're tired the next day. So it's one of these like indirect things that it can, you know, negatively impact um, body comp from there. Right. So I would just say, just make sure you're really just avoiding large carbohydrate meals like right before bed. And this really just goes for any meals. I wouldn't eat a large meal before bed anyways, even if it's carbohydrate or just high protein or whatever, I wouldn't eat a huge meal. But remember this falls lower on the priority list than your total intake for the day. Because again, if you're in a deficit and you have a carbohydrate meal before, it's not like, oh, hey, they ate late at night, automatically stores fat. Now, what I will say on this is from a circadian health standpoint, probably later at night when it's like dark out and when we should be sleeping, that's probably where your your body might, you know, your metabolism just might be not at its greatest. Uh, So again, we're, this is like, okay, this is like the last like two to 3% of all this, right? this is a smaller detail in the grand scheme of things, but you know, if you're really trying to maximize things, it could probably have a little bit of a detriment in terms of your circadian health, which we talked about is part of stress. So if that's off, like that can, you know, add some stress. Uh, so just think about that. Um, and again, it really just comes down to like at night, that's when your body, sh- you know, your body has a circadian rhythm. It, it, it works like based off the sun and, um, and, and light out. And so like, if during that time, it's supposed to be relaxing and and whatnot and, and sleeping, like you could see where that could potentially negatively impact digestion and absorption. And again, just your, your metabolism and how your body utilizes those nutrients. So just something to think about there, but just remember it falls very low on the, that's, That's again, like the last, like two to 3% of all this, your total daily intake for the day is like 95% and the big chunk of it, uh, that that's where you need to place most of your emphasis on first before worrying about that. All right. So last question, would you recommend eating below one's RMR to lose weight? So just real quick, RMR is resting metabolic rate. So I didn't really know for sure what this person was asking. I didn't know if it was like, Hey, is, you know, so is this like a way to lose body fat, you know, type, type of situation. So I just kind of went at this from like a broad kind of strokes and I'll kind of talk about this. Uh, I'll, I'll try to dial it in just a little bit. So to lose weight, you need to be in an energy deficit. Okay. I'm sure you guys have heard that multiple times. Like, okay, well, what the hell does that mean? Which means you need to bring in less energy through calories. So the food that you eat, everything you eat is going to have calories in it, right? Whether you track it or not, it's going to have calories. And So you, you need to bring in less energy than you expend throughout the day. And now that's your total daily energy expenditure. What makes up this total daily energy expenditure? Your resting metabolic rate, which is basically like the amount of calories you burn uh, when you're at rest, not doing anything. Okay. Which makes up a big chunk of it, about 70% of your total daily energy expenditure. Exercise activity is going to be part of that. So how much you move throughout the day. NEAT, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. That's more just like subconscious movement. Um, so like blinking, fidgeting, just kind of moving around when you're sitting there, things like that. Um, and then your uh, thermic effect of food, which is uh, your TEF. And that's just the amount of ca- calories you burn throughout the day, uh, absorbing, digesting food and whatnot. And so that makes up your total daily energy expenditure. And that, you know, for what's that number end up being, it's really going to be dependent on the person. But I would say on average, that's going to be anywhere from like 2000 to 3000 per day. For most people, it's you know, some people may fall under that. Some people may be higher than that. Now your resting metabolic rate, again, is going to be about 70% of that two to 3000 per day. So theoretically, if you were to eat less than your resting metabolic rate, you would certainly lose weight because you're going to be in that energy deficit, right? Now, the problem with that is Remember, resting metabolic rate is makes up seventy percent of your total daily energy expenditure. So, to me, that would be a very large calorie deficit. So, if you can stick with it, you know it's definitely going to elicit weight loss. If you can stick with it, the problem is actually sticking to that, um, because again, the larger the energy deficit, the tougher it is to stick to. The more you're probably going to have a response to that in terms of higher hunger, more cravings, less energy, things like that. But what I wanted to kind of clarify on this too, is like any resting metabolic rate calculation you get online is, is just an estimate. Okay. Like it's not going to know exactly what yours is because there is a large individual variation from person to person. Um, so, you know, you could put yours in and it will get you within the ballpark. Like, but just realize that that's, and it could be off even more, uh, but it should, in most cases, unless you're an outlier, it should get you within a ballpark, but you know, if it says, hey, you burn 12,300 and uh, 12,000, 1,293 calories, like that's not going to be like, there's no way there's that it's going to know that again. Could it get you within a couple hundred? Probably. Um So. Again, what I was just trying to say there is like, just because it, like, an online calculator says this is how much calories you burn, like, it doesn't, it's not taking everything else into consideration that could alter that. Um, And it doesn't know for sure. The only way to really know for sure is um, doubly labeled water. uh, And that's tough to get to. And I don't think that anybody can just get that. But, You can also do like your metabolic, like those, the things that I I can't think of what it is, but I know you can get that done elsewhere as well. But again, it's just kind of a pain and it's not like a practical thing, but so how do you know if you're in an energy deficit or not with all that information? If your weight isn't trending down over a few weeks, then you're just not, you're not in one. Like I know people are like, well, I'm only eating 1200 calories. Why am I not losing weight? And it's like, oh, is it because I damaged my metabolism? Is it because of metabolic adaptation? It's like, I mean it could potentially be metabolic adaptation, but, and it could be your genetics again. Cause I just said, you know, some people have their total daily energy expenditures higher, some are, some are lower. And there's this kind of like in between it, it could be, you could be within that range. And some people can even fall super low. So it could be that, but chances are you just, you're just not adhering to that calorie deficit that you think you are. And that's why you're not trending you're seeing your weight trend down. And this isn't like, Oh, Hey, you're a bad person for that. It's like, it's just freaking hard to do in today's world. And especially if you're not aware of it, you know, if you eat a lot of like calorie dense type foods, it's easy to think that you're not eating a lot of calories, but then or a lot of food, but you just get a lot of calories because it's very calorie dense. It's hard to moderate that food intake. And so you don't feel like you eat a lot of food, but you end up getting way more calories than you think, you know, there's just Easy access to all these foods; it's always around. Um, so it's just really hard to be in a energy deficit. So if you are somebody that's like kind of finding different ways, like, hey, if I do this, can I lose weight? If I do that, kind of it's like, simply it just comes down to you've got to find a way to get in a calorie deficit that is sustainable um, for you. And if if you're not seeing your weight trend down, you're just not in one. And there could be things that are, are going on that are causing you to not be in so a in your life. In a um, energy deficit. sorry, I was pulling up something here. I'm gonna pull this up real quick so I can uh, go into the next point I wanted to make on this. And so like what happens in this situation, you know because again, it's like, okay, I know I need to be in a calorie deficit. that's not helpful. I, how do I actually like stick to it? So I made this post a few weeks ago. It's like if you aren't getting as lean as you want, at least one of these things are one of these three things are off. One, you're not physically ready for that level level of leanness. And so what that means is like, well, here, let me, I'll dive into them specifically after I go through them. You aren't mentally ready for that level of leanness and you haven't developed the skills yet for that level of leanness. Now keep this in mind, the leaner you get, the more you have to have each one of these dialed in. And if any single one of these is lacking, it will be tough to reach your goal. So like, for example, if you're going from like 20% body fat, you know, 30% female to like 10 10 to 15% for men or um, like 15 to 20 for women, like it's going to be, that's going to be Much different than if you're going from like 10 to 15% from a man down to, you know, sub 10%. And then if you're a woman, you know, if you're going from like uh, 30, you know, 20 to 25% down to 15 to 20%, that's going to be different than going from like 30 to 25, right? So we have to keep that like the the leaner you get, the tougher it's going to be. And everything else, like all of these have to be dialed in. If you're going from like 50% body fat to like 40%, it's like it's gonna take you don't have to have these dialed in as much. But physically means your body is going to fight you hard on it. So, like, for example, you know, your hormones could be off or overall health is just lacking. Maybe you've been dieting for fat loss for too long. Maybe your deficit is too large. Maybe you have little to no muscle. So that's your body physically trying to fight that, right? Then mentally, you know, you may want to get super lean, but you also don't want to track every macro. You don't you want to enjoy going out with friends, you want to enjoy date nights, like you know, mentally, like, yes, you want to get leaner, but mentally, you're not ready to make those sacrifices that you need to make to get to that next point for you. Um, you know, it can also be how you deal with hunger, like levels. If you're somebody that anytime you get a little hungry, you have to eat and you can't feel that at all. Like it's going to be tough to get leaner. Um, uh, you know, so if you are lacking on the mental side, you only able to, You only be able to get so lean. And then the next thing is the skills, right? If you crash diet, have poor strategies um, in place or have poor diet quality, you're you're only going to be able to get so lean. So if it's like, hey, I'm, you know, I got to keep this in. I don't want to eat just, I don't want to eat veggies or I don't want to do this. It's like, you're going to limit yourself there but you get better at this over time. You know, if it's your first time doing this, you can't expect to just get super lean right away. It's going to take some time. But also to go back to poor strategies, it's like, you know, do you crash diet? It's like, oh, hey, I want to lose weight, but I want to lose 10 pounds a week. Like, okay, you're going to have trouble getting past a certain point because of that. So these are all things to look at if like weight loss is stalled um, there. So hopefully that was helpful. Um, That's it for this episode. Let me know if you guys have questions on any of this. We can reach out on Instagram. Uh, But make sure next week that, you know, if you like these questions, ask some questions so I can potentially get yours on here as well and go into a little bit more detail. Um, That's what I like about this. I can go into a little bit more detail than I can on on Instagram. So that's it for now, guys. And I will talk to you next, well, sometime this week. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at JeffH91 underscore or visit JHHealth.net. See you next time.